Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. From roommates to co-hosts. This is the Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner, your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puck. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of The Backcheck. Brendan and Stefan here, as always. We got a lot to dive into today. We got the Matthew Kachuk trade, which we're going to talk about. We got free agent signings, which we got to date back to the opening of free agency. We're going to dive into the Rangers and Islanders, where each team stands, what we're going to look for and talk about, you know, preparing us for the preseason. But Stefan, as always, how you doing today, buddy? Doing fantastic. I'm just sweating my you know what off. It's like 95 degrees today. It was 93 degrees yesterday. Yeah, I feel like hot. I feel like my dog. I just want to pant over and over it, again. It's hot, man. I was yeah. at the beach yesterday and I was Oh, dying. me too. What beach? I was at Robert Moses, but I was there like midday. 
when it was i laid down on the sand you know try to tan my back within two seconds i was i'm i have to go in the water like that i that went kind of temperature i went at seven o'clock last night and it was still death so uh i didn't have to put sunscreen on but it was death it's so rough i mean it's like just dry heat right now and we're not used to this in new york so could be worse could be in florida right now Unless you're Matthew Kachuk, which segues us perfectly to this blockbuster of a trade. That's well done. That's Thank well you. done. You. you could say the Flames burnt the Panthers, too, in this deal. I, I would agree with that statement. I just right, – well, everybody knows the deal. Kachuk for Huberdeau uh, and Uyghur, and then you had a, a pick in there and a prospect. It's just – I don't know. We were talking about this before the show, Brendan, but – Goudreau and Kachuk had unreal years, both career years this past year. The playoffs didn't go the way they wanted to, obviously. But you pretty much, if you're Calgary, you got back a Goudreau-type player in Huberdeau. I mean, Huberdeau had the same amount of points as Goudreau last year. I think Huberdeau is the most underrated player in the league. It's absurd that he doesn't get any recognition at all. And yes, he's a UFA. Uyghur's a UFA. Worst comes to worst. If they'd want to leave Calgary and don't want to stay, you flip them and you get as much as you can in return. I think it's a win for the Flames. Again, they were Brad Treveling was put in probably the worst spot I've ever seen a GM be put in in a single month. Imagine losing two franchise players in one month and it was not your fault at all. They offered Goudreau the moon and he wanted, he just didn't want to be there. And did you hear that Kachuk said it had nothing to do with Goudreau leaving? Give me a break, Brendan. If we were on the same team and you left, Come on, if you left and we were like best friends on our hockey team, okay, we just lost our best player who I played with. No offense to Lindholm. You're a great, fantastic center that doesn't get enough credit either. But my boy just left the team. We're not the same with him gone. I'm going to leave too. You can't no. tell me these things aren't related. It definitely played a part. I mean, I, I can I see. Returning. Yeah, if Goudreau says he's returning, I think Kachuk has to think a little bit. I, I also think that similar to Goudreau, he wanted to go back to the States. I mean. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I don't. I, but I think these they, they were talked with each other. Like, this it, it's, was not it's a, a little it's a little weird to me though because his brother in ottawa which was the worst team when he re, when he signed his extension seemed fine there so i don't know if he necessarily has a different mentality on his brother where his brother's fine with being in canada and you know kachuk wanted to come back to the states but there's no way that Goudreau signing with columbus which we'll talk about in a little bit did not have some sort of impact on him going you know what i was already leaning towards not resigning here and going somewhere else now i'm just going to officially do it because come on man like like you mentioned when you're with somebody like that and you're close like that he, he didn't request a trade to go play with Goudreau again but i think which, it just honestly, pushed him I over thought- the edge if they didn't re-sign Line and they moved another couple pieces, I would not have been shocked if he went to Columbus. That would have been huge because that would make NHL turn to the NBA, and then I would hate it. As much as that would be cool to see, I can't stand basketball. Again, players should have a right to go where they want. I agree. And I like how these two players did it because they both didn't have deals. It's one thing like if you're a Durant and you sign a mega yep. deal and you're like, ah, I give up after years. Like None of these players did that. They were They're pretty open and honest with – I mean, obviously there's things that happen behind closed doors, but – they didn't screw their teams. Goudreau leaving, sure, but you know he left the door open. Kachuk got ahead of it and said, listen, I'm, don't put money into me because I don't want to be here, which was great. And he didn't screw the team. He got them a huge return. <laughs> but if, if they both went to Columbus, what an offseason for – I can't even pronounce their GM's name. Kekalainen, I think it is. Yeah, Yarmo Kekalainen. Yeah. He, he pieced Dude. together a couple of things there. So I was in the press box for a Columbus Islanders game. And Brian Compton messed with me all the time. He writes for NHL.com. I could not cut my steak for, for shit. 
like we have the I could not cut it. I was getting roasted at the table. I walked past Yarmo, one slice, cut, cut. I was like, this guy's hands are huge, just cutting the steak. I Were was you using a steak game. knife or did he have a plastic no, knife? No, it was probably the plastic ones, but like this guy, I was I struggled so hard and I'm walking past him. I didn't say hi. And I'm seeing him cut his steak just perfectly. Perfect yeah. cuts. I'm like, what a what a legend. And he had a he had a sick off season. So far, I mean again, you land you land Goudreau, you re-sign Patrick Liney, who's never the goat. He looks like a goat. That's why I call him the goat. He's not actually a goat. But this <laughs> guy's never, line. this guy's never been happier to have Goudreau. I, I mean, he's so funny to stay. And Line how, how do you not? He, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're gonna play with him. Um, but Line said like he never understood why players left Columbus. Remember that whole offseason where they lost who they lost? To Shane Panarin, Bobrovsky. There's probably someone else that they lost as well. I was like, I don't know. People just rave about Columbus. Like, I've never been to Columbus, but I heard it's like an awesome place to be. Well, if it helps, I mean, Dubois is asking out of everywhere he goes so he can get to Montreal. So that one probably wasn't based on Columbus. Um, Panarin. Wait, he wants to go to Montreal, but he signed signed a one-year deal. And he's going to stay. It's a a bridge deal. He's talking with the media tomorrow. Ah, he's a there, scum. He, he honestly, he's scum. Let's be real. Like he, he's another one though. Twenty-four, good young player, good young. He's center. good and young, but guess what? He's not a Kachuk. He's not a Goudreau. He's not even close to a line. The guy has not produced. He had one year where he produced. He's not done anything. He had a lot of points last year. Did he? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> With Winnipeg though, Winnipeg's one of those teams where like they just pretend all the time. Since since Dustin Buffett left that team, they've been irrelevant. Quite honestly. Yeah, he had a 60-point season last year. Yeah, but he talks like he's an 80-point, 90-point player. Oh, well, 24 years old, 60-point Demanding season, to go. Base uh, percentage. Uh, excuse me, 24-year-old. All right, let's see what Matthew Kachuk did last year. 42-62-104. And he wasn't your leading scorer <laughs> on Calgary. Yeah, well, if you put him with Goudreau, I think you have a little bit of uh... – Well, now the question is, is what does Farah do? We've seen this before where teams get all superstars and they don't pair them together. Like, I would not be shocked if Matt Kachuk was not with Barkov. Verhage, Barkov, and who was it? Duclair, whatever was a line last year that worked. Yeah. And also, too, good point. Someone brought something the other day. He did play with Sam Bennett in Calgary, and they had success. You could have Kachuk with Bennett on your as your second line. Sam Bennett went to Florida and just became an absolute stud. Like he was good in Calgary, but never this. Well, level. I mean, and... I'm pretty sure against the Islanders in the first or second game of the season last year, uh, he had a hat trick. He had like nine. He, he went off to start the year. And then he, I think he had got hurt or got COVID or something like that. I don't know. But um, yeah, Sam Bennett's a great player. Florida, Florida's in a great spot. I just, I worry about why they failed in the postseason, which is some players didn't step up, a la Huberdo, which is, I don't think that's the reason he's gone. I think it was because contract negotiations weren't going well and Zito wasn't going to wait. But I don't know. I think, especially with Bobrovsky, again, he had, a, he had a better year last year, obviously, than his first year. You want your defense to be strong, and again, I think that's what kind of felt. They didn't have players step up in the playoffs, but their defense as well. And you want Bobrovsky to have another great year. You're paying him too much money to not. Their bottom pairing questions. Questions. I'm not saying they can't be good. I'm not saying this team's not going to be good. Just I don't know if I trust their defense. Again, their offseason's not done. They could go and get another defenseman if they wanted to. Cap situation not. It's not terrible actually. Like Huberto yeah. is going to be expensive. They're they're up against it. They're going to have to make moves, but it's not impossible to add another player. Um, I, I don't know. I just, they're going, they're going for the Colorado avalanche offense during the regular season when they could just steamroll teams. And honestly, I have more faith in Bobrovsky than I do in anyone the avalanche are going to throw in between the pipes. 
I just question it when it matters defensively. Can they get it done? And again, they have a whole season to prove it. So, I mean, Marstall, we know what he is. Again, just question, can they yeah. keep it up for a full season defensively? And can that defense carry them? Again, also, the biggest thing is Akbar staying healthy. Well, that's, Got- that's the biggest thing with everybody. And I think that health is always an issue. I think Spencer Knight taking the step is even bigger for them, considering Bobrovsky can fluctuate at times. Uh, but you look at their cap friendly. I don't know if, how updated this is, but I think it's up to date. They have a uh, negative 3.3 million in cap space. They'll figure it out. So somebody has to get, well, you could go 10% over in the off season and then just, you have to be cap. Correct. Apart. But they're going to have to move probably a forward and call somebody up, do something like that. So they're not done. Like they're, they're going to have a couple of more. Yeah. Moves I just think, I just think if they can make enough cap space to get another, even if it's your seventh defenseman and it's a and it's a veteran again, they have that young guy. What's the guy's last name on the, that's going to play with Stall? Uh, Carlson, I believe. Carlson, he's he's solid. He's good. I just again, I would get another, I would get another veteran defenseman in there again if you could. Not for, just to help. Again, in, we know with the Florida Panthers defense injuries happen. I we're hoping Ekblad has a season where he's never going to. I mean, that injury. What was it? Two years ago now against Dallas when he got. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was never going to play. People were saying like he might be done. Like his leg was, you ever see, you used to have Stranger Things, right? In fact, mm-hmm. it takes up and snap. That's what his leg looks like. Yeah, he's uh, he's had a couple of injuries where you're just like, oh, that stinks, man. And, and it just seems he can't stay away from it. But when he plays, we all know how good he is. So oh, he's great. I mean, like losing Uyghur definitely hurts, but it hurts a little less if Ekblad plays a full 82. It, it hurts a little less if Kachuk has another year like he just had and they – Pretty much losing Huberdeau works if your offense as a whole generates as much as he would. Again, the yeah. guy's a ridiculous playmaker. You traded a playmaker and an elite defenseman for a legitimate goal scorer. Maybe that's what they thought in the postseason. You know, their defense wasn't great. They maybe didn't score enough goals when they wanted to. Can Kachuk be that clutch player? I think the biggest thing was he's tenacious. Like he's a like a physical body. He doesn't step down. I mean, a couple of years ago when Florida played uh, Florida Tampa when they go head to head all the time. Like one of the big things that Florida was missing against Tampa is Florida. Florida was getting into all those fights and stuff because they were losing. Like it was because yeah. they they had to. You add Kachuk in there. He's a scary guy to play against. And well, who was it? He went head to head with who? I think it was Edmonton Cassian, right? They had like an issue where Kachuk hit Cassian from behind. Remember that whole thing and Kachuk wouldn't uh, fight. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that usually happens. Kachuk gets under your skin, and I, no, it's... he's a pest. And I think that's what Florida was missing. I think that that helps him a lot. Just respect they. They have become a place now where you want to go. And I know Kachuk was – I don't think he was chasing the money. Like he said, he wanted to win. And we'll read a piece of the article, which I think goes well with talking about the Islanders in a little bit. But he wanted to go to a place where he could win. But also, all the teams on his list, there's no there's no state tax. Yeah. He and Again, okay. Florida – but the biggest thing was is Florida was bad for a while because, yeah, they didn't have a state tax, but they weren't good. Now they're good. Now it's like I get sunshine. It's like Tampa. I get, it's, it's like Tampa. And – Tampa's obviously they're still they find ways to stay young and stay relevant, but eventually their core is going to age. Kachuk talked about it. There's a lot of guys in their mid to late twenties on this Florida team. They could be a legitimate force for the next eight years. And again, want, they're only going to get younger if they keep bringing in free agents. Of course, and, and I wonder if Mackenzie Weger fell out of favor a little bit once he chased behind the net and gave up that Ross Colton goal with one second left. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if That's they were true. like, ah, maybe we're not going to resign this guy. So Huberto had a bad postseason, and Weger did that. And right in that there, Zito went, yeah, he's gone. We're yeah. not extending you. I I don't understand that chase. We can go back to that play. I mean that that is a brutal mistake by an elite defenseman. That's one thing if you're a rookie playing in the playoffs and just the moment got away from you. I mean. 
you can't you can't make that mistake. And that is a no no. Yeah. I, I mean this was his first like really great season. Um Uyghur. Uyghur, yeah. Forty four well, and eighty. Yeah. Last yeah, last year in Florida. But I can't really look at the Panthers and judge a defenseman solely on like, you know, points and say this is a breakout year for him offensively because I mean, most Panthers defensemen are scoring. All you got to do is headman the puck and Barkov does the rest. So uh, when you look at head, that, headman, headman, <laughs> headman, defensive reference. But when you look at that team, like they're going to score. It's like you mentioned, can they defend? Um, Weger had that lapse, but he was great defensively. Let's not. Oh yeah, you know, we're not. We can't judge. We can't <laughs> judge Weger on one play. I mean, it's a br- it's a brutal to be yeah. judged on. If you're going to be judged on one play, that's going to be it. Like, hopefully, Weger has a great career wherever he goes next. Like, let's say his career doesn't pan out in Calgary and he kind of falls off, he'll be remembered for that play. That'll be it. He'd be like the Billy Buckner for Florida sports. Yeah, that that was tough to watch because Billy Buckner, by the way, was a fantastic player. No one ever gives him credit, but we don't. Have nope, to, we don't have he's to remembered for that. Same way yeah. Rubenet Ador will never be remembered for a baseball incident just for punching Jose Bautista in the face. <laughs> it's like some rocked, some players man. he did. Some players just have one moment that will stick with you, and that's that's what you're remembered like Luis for. Castillo. I couldn't tell you if he ever batted well. I just know he dropped the pop up, and thank God Mark Teixeira was it Mark Teixeira that ran, or he was the one that popped it up. Uh, no, A Rod popped scored. it up. Yeah. A Rod popped, popped, popped it up. Teixeira, Teixeira scored. scored with him. Remember what he used to do when he ran with his cheeks? Be like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, that's how he used to run because he's a big boy. Yeah, dude was double cheeked up in those baseball pants. But we got uh, uh let's go. Let's <laughs> go to the Rangers. About, well, let's we got to talk about the CBJ first. We mentioned mm-hmm. it briefly and his teammates. So Johnny Gaudreau obviously signed with the Jackets, seven years, nine point seven five million uh, per year. So he still got the bag, even though he turned down the Calgary Flames eight year. I think it was yeah, ten he, plus million. He left offer. fifteen million dollars on the yeah. deal. But it, it, okay, so this is how I look at it. It wasn't about the money in Calgary. Once Calgary was out of the picture, it was about it was about money. I know that the Devils offered him a lot too, but at the end of the day, he wanted to go to a place where he wanted to go, obviously. But to say it was about money, athletes can say that all they want. They want to have like you know, they want their kids. It's to their jobs, forward. yeah. It's their like. I I never understood why chasing money to an extent got such a bad rep. If I'm looking at jobs and I have multiple applications out and I get two offers and one of them's paying more. I'm probably going to take the one that's paying more. That's just human nature. As athletes, I don't think any athlete looks and goes, I'm not, I want to win. I feel like winning is always number one. No, I mean, of course, yes. it depends. If you get a contract, you can't refuse. I always go back to Robinson Cano and the Yankees. They offered him more. I'm pretty sure. Or, or they offered him a lot. And he took either more to go to Seattle. He took more to go to Seattle. Yeah. But to me, like, that was weird because Seattle – yeah, they added, I think, Nelson Cruz that year. I don't want to make this a baseball podcast, obviously. But there was – I just didn't think that made sense for him, for mm-hmm. Cano. Like, it didn't make any sense. Like, if Goudreau believed that the Flames – again, he didn't want to be in Calgary, which is fine. The, he, he talked about the pandemic, and we all don't understand these guys are humans. He said – I remember – he. I don't know if it was on Spinning Chickens or in an article. Like, he missed a grandparent's funeral because he couldn't leave the country. You sacrifice so much as an athlete to begin with, let alone being in another country where the COVID rules are strict. Like, I understand Cal- a player, like American players in Canada not wanting to stay in Canada. Their rules, I'm not saying they're not just. Like, I'm not a scientist. You know, it is what it is. It's a country. They have to do what they have to do to protect their people. But it impacts their lives. And he didn't want to miss out on stuff, especially his wife's pregnant. They, yep. they have a fa- like, they want to be close to family, which, again, I don't blame at all. I just think... 
sometimes you can chase the money, but you want to win. And I think, I don't think Columbus is going to be a bubble playoff team. I think it's a lot to do with their young players stepping up. Like Cole Cylinder is going to be a beast, but is he a beast this upcoming year? Like they have a lot of young guys. They have young defense. The Metro is so good again. So good. Team's headed. And There's only one, one team in the Metro is just non-competitive in Philly. Outside of that, every team has a legitimate claim to at least one playoff spot. And Columbus, it, it, again, it's just it's interesting because no one th- thought Goudreau was going to go. Like, that wasn't even a thought but until Pierre Lebrun at 4 o'clock p.m. on that Wednesday. Nonchalantly, he's like, yeah, we got the Devils, the Islanders, and yeah, Columbus has come out of nowhere. And they got it done. Credit to them. I mean, it worked. <laughs> they, they, they made an offer and... I like when I listened to the interviews that he gave and all that stuff, it sounded like even though Columbus hadn't offered anything, he always had them circled at the place he would be willing to go to. He had talked to players. They offered. Yeah. He had talked to players there. I think he played with some of them on team USA or in the development program there. I think he had a lot of friends there. Yeah. And again, they just raved about the city. And again, we don't, I I don't, he said that Columbus is some place where like, he could probably stay there for the rest of his life. A, A lot of people do. They go mm-hmm. to cities like Florida is the biggest thing. I feel like players like Luongo lives in Florida. Again, who doesn't want to live in Florida? Especially when you, you could play hockey and then go to the beach right after. It's kind of like that's why I didn't go to school in Florida because I would have failed out. No, a hundred percent. So and, I chose. And you look. So, so I chose you know, before, upstate New York. Yes. Yeah, so, well, and it worked out. You know, you made a yeah. couple of friendships over there. But Come when on. you look at uh, the metro, right? So before we dive into the Rangers and Islanders and stuff like that. Yeah. Carolina, 116, Rangers, 110, Pittsburgh, 103, Washington, 100 were the four playoff teams, right? Then you had the Islanders, 84, Jackets, 81, Jersey, 63, and Philadelphia, 61. You got to think that Jersey and Columbus are taking a step up. The 100%. Islanders, depending on how they play, it's going to be a different year. I think that they're going to take a step up. Um, it, it really, honestly, the big we'll get to Islanders in a second. This The biggest thing is, does Lou make one of those moves? Because again, last year, I looked it up. We got five signings. They're bringing players back or bringing players in like a pre but all five players, the signings were officially announced on September 1st. Yeah. The only one that wasn't announced earlier, I think it was July 17th, was Andy Green's extension. That's because of the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. They had to have a defense motor contract. So Lou could have deals in place that we have no idea about. They'll find out later. But the biggest thing, and I wrote about this the other day, let's say the Islanders brought in a Goudreau. Or a Kachuk or whoever, Tarasenko. Cool. One player, yeah, it helps the offense a little bit. But if all the players that had down years last year don't step up and have just average, maybe a little above average years, it doesn't matter. They're, this is a team sport. That's why Ovechkin won Stanley Cup. McDavid had not gotten past the first round. You could have the greatest players in the league on your team. It doesn't guarantee anything in this sport, which is why it's the greatest league in the world. Yeah, and I think it is a make or break year. I mean, we could talk about the Islanders right now. I do think – this is a, a make or break season for him, at least not necessarily window wise or anything like that. But depending on how the season plays out, Lamarillo has to do something. If they continue to, you know, trend downwards, which, you know, after the two conference finals, they've taken that step down. If they continue on that trajectory, yeah. he has to, you have to start to blow something up. Oh, well, the, the biggest thing is, is you have an agent. And, and he core. might be the reason that could, that he might get blown up. Like he might have to go. You have an agent core. You have a Matt Barzal who's going to be an RFA after this season. Since Lamarillo has gotten in here, he has not gotten a player to play with Barzal. Now, Barzal is a very hard player to play with. Yes, he's a center, but he loves to play on the wing, on the sides. 
when he's in the offensive zone, you have to have a player that's going to not go and get the puck and just wait. And when you when Barzal is ready to give you that puck, you better be ready to shoot that. The biggest thing, everyone's like, okay, Wallstrom and Barzal, this duo is going to be elite. Problem is, Wallstrom wants the puck on his stick because he wants to be creative. There's a problem with that because Barzal has to have it on his stick. And well, there were times when Wallstrom got a pass back and he wasn't ready to shoot. And that's it. The window's gone. Because you don't, you can't predict what Parzal is going to do. He's going to skate around the zone for five minutes. And then when you're not ready for it, he's going to drop it or throw it across crease back door. And if you're not ready, that's it. Bellows got yep. one opportunity earlier in the year. Play with Barzal. It was against the Flyers. I remember this vaguely. Barzal made a couple of moves, dropped it to Bellows in the high slot. And Bellows fumbled the puck. And that scoring chance went by the boards. And you look at that play, and that is the biggest issue with Barzal. You're going to bring in a player. If you brought in a player like a Goudreau, they want the puck on their stick. But again, if you're with Barzal, you have to know that he's going to have the puck and you have to be ready. That's why, like, pass ready to me. I don't know. I know we had a no um, uh, modified no trade. I don't know if the Islanders reached out. Pass ready is a legitimate sniper. Yes, he's been injured. But last year, though, I know he played a little amount of games. He was on, like, his greatest goal per game, point per game pace of his career. It was ridiculous. He is a player where he doesn't need the puck on his stick. He just needs to be ready to shoot. And a guy like that with Barzal is lethal. So yep. I think, like, I don't, again, don't know if the Islanders reached out. Don't know if Pashretti would have gone there. But the fact that he went to Carolina for nothing makes it seem like the Islanders messed up there. If, again, if Pashretti said, no, nah, I'm not going to the Islands, screw that, then there's nothing anyone could do. But this is a big year because you had back-to-back, like you said, back-to-back postseason runs in shortened seasons. This, this last past year, Brand new arena, a full 82, major prove it year. I, obviously, so many things, we, it's like a broken record. So many things went wrong. Again, it was a big year because it was a full year. Can they handle it? You don't know if they can handle an 82 game campaign in the system that they had in place. Trotz is gone. You have a brand new head coach, brand new assistant coaches here. You have a team that needs to prove something because, again, I, I, I count last year. Obviously, you should, but it's very hard to say, okay, that is the Islanders. We don't know what the Islanders are. Could they be the team from the back-to-back years that struggled during the regular season? But, you know, we just need to see consistency. That was the biggest yeah. thing. Offensive consistency. Their defense with the with Romanov. They, they're so much younger. They have Pelik Pulak. You look at it. Pelik Pulak, Romanov, Dobson. Romanov and Dobson are both RFAs. Romanov is a class. It's, it's very weird. I think it's 2CA or something like that, whatever it's called. He cannot be offer-sheeted, and he must sign with the Islanders. So there's no concern there. Dobson, does he get a bridge deal? Does he get a long-term deal? Depends. Depends who the Islanders bring in, if they have cap room for that. And then you have question mark and Mayfield. Now you could put Robin Sallow up there. I just wrote a, I just wrote an article about that at NY Hockey Now. You could take a look. He had an interesting year. He came up. He was solid. Wasn't amazing. Went down to Bridgeport. Didn't get called up when Char ended on IR. Trot said he went down there. He should have been the best defenseman. He wasn't. Comes back up at the end of the year when Islanders are dealing with the stomach bug, because why not add that to their season to end it? <laughs> played played the last three games. And, like, again, Robin Sallow is a puck-moving defenseman that the Islanders could use. So it'll be interesting to see. If the Islanders make some moves, sure, but it's going to come down to, like, like Palmieri cannot go off to a three goals in 30 games start. But Ville can't be a healthy scratch to start this year, especially if the Islanders don't move him, which it doesn't sound like he's going to. He was at the NHL draft. Would have been very, very awkward if, during the draft, he was moving. They just sent him to the table that he was going to. Like, yeah. that's not going to happen. I don't – Josh Bailey, I mean, the biggest thing in the Islanders' way, if contract-wise, to get off the books, would be moving Josh Bailey in his $5 million. 
He doesn't have a no movement clause at all. They could do it. He's, I think, seven games shy of 1,000 with the Islanders. Again, it's a business. It's not a sentimental league. It's a business. It's not. Look at look at we didn't talk about the Columbus. Look at the Brookstrand trade. The guys on his goddamn honeymoon. Nobody cares. Like obviously, um, Yarmu said it was the hardest decision he's ever had to make as a general manager to move him. But again, you have to do what you have. You to have to do it. They're not. But who's taking Bailey's contract? Like the Rangers, for instance. Well, you're Patrick gonna have Nemeth to throw picks out. in there. You yeah. have three teams that could take it. First off, perfect for Chicago. They need contracts. Arizona, Seattle, send a second, a third, whatever it is. That's five million dollars. The one. Do you? Don't what do you want back? Like, are you Nothing. just looking to clear it? Like, just give me a, a future consideration player to the be named yeah. later type thing. Cash. It doesn't matter. You're getting his five million off the books. The problem is the owners have two contracts they could move. Varlamov at five million, who has another year after this, and Bailey at five million. Now, people don't understand this. If you take, if you trade Varlamov, that's not five million. You're freeing because you have to sign a backup. Who's going to be two and a half to three million? So you're not really maybe you have three million in space. Let's say two and a half, three million. That helps you in the grand scheme. Every penny counts. But you move Bailey and you don't have any salary retained. That's five million dollars off the books that you could either spend on another veteran defenseman because Salo could play that spot if you want him to. I I don't know if he's ready for a full time spot. They have Aho, which we know what Aho is at age twenty six. They have Grant Hutton. You know, there's they have guys they could throw in there. It's just it's just question marks. But that's a full $5 million off the books that you really could use. And I don't know if that got in the way of offering Goudreau money, but it, it, you can't say it didn't play a part. I'm not saying Goudreau would have came here, but apparently the Islanders offered maybe over $9 million for Goudreau. That was not enough. Now, the extra $5 million, could that have swayed him? Again, I don't know. It sounded like Columbus was really what he was waiting for. I know Goudreau wanted the Flyers. They just never cleared cap space. I don't know. It, pro- it probably helps, though, with contracts for free agents when you could offer another $5 million. But again, it really, it really matters. Luke can go and get whoever he wants. If this, if this offensive group, besides Nelson and Lee, like great years, like Barzal's going to have to have a sick year, but it matters who he's playing with. This can't be another year with a revolving door. Parise was fantastic with him. Do you want a 37 year old being the stable with Barzal? That's fine. I don't even mind if Parise plays Barzal. It's about the other winger. The other winger can't be a revolving door. It, it just can't be because, again, Barzal, he said during his exit interviews, he wants to be an Islander for life. He values a player that plays for the uh, one organization his whole career. Respect that. Tavares probably said the same thing. If that's the case, you sign him now. But if I'm Barcelona's camp, I'm sorry. I'm not talking contracts during this year because I need to know that I'm going to have support here. Let's be real. Tavares never had supporter. They never got that winger. Now, the way Tavares left, talk about that. It was as a captain, you look back and, okay, is he really going to bail on his team mid-year at the deadline? He's not thinking, okay, let me get the Islanders the greatest return they can. I'm going to leave. You're a captain of the team. You have to kind of stay loyal. Again, I get people's anger towards him. It was fine. But did the Islanders really give Tavares a reason to stay? They had, yes, he had great nope. times with Matt Molson, great great times with Thomas Vanek. He made them. Like, Matt Molson's a fantastic player. But without Tavares, Matt Molson's probably, like, bottom six forward. Him and Tavares had great chemistry. but He never really did anything after it. I yeah. mean, you go to Buffalo, and that's that's you're done. A death sentence. Yeah, like they're going to be good this year, though. No, they're no. going to have some. They have some well, we, players. We, we always say that they Buffalo starts off great, they fall off a cliff. That was during the Eichel days. We'll see. But with the Islanders, it's just you need you need this defense is good. This defense is good, especially if Romanov. All you hear about Romanov in Montreal, I think someone compared him to a Darius Kasprytis with more offensive upside, and that's as a defenseman. This guy hits. This people said that he's going to be so fun to watch. Your top four of Pelic, Pulak, 
And let's say Romanov is as good as advertised and he steps up. If Romanov Dobbs and a, a pair of 22-year-old defensemen, this could be a legitimate pairing for five, six, seven years. And I'm not – honestly, I was talking to someone the other day. It's not a crazy idea. Who says that Pelik and Pulak have to play together? Pelik could play with Dobson. Pulak could play with Romanov. Your top four is your top four goes from a questionable again. Dobson didn't really come onto the scene last year until December, and then he just went off. He led yeah. the Islanders, I think, in shots. I, I mean, that's fantastic. Your top four is fantastic, and Mayfield he gets so much. You know what? I looked at his advanced stats the other day. He led the Islanders in a lot of categories, advanced analytics in terms of shutting down defensively and. All that he's a as your bottom pairing. They might move him at the deadline. He's going to be a free agent. Hey, I think his cap hits nothing. But Mayfield as your bottom pairing defenseman with whoever you pick is fan, again. You're going from having Char and Green playing every day. Your defense is as close back to the elite defense that it was a couple years ago. If Romanov is plays the way he's to, and again, a lot has to do with. Transitioning the puck, he's a transitioner. Dobson, a transitioner. Salo, if he steps up as a transitioner. Pulak for a full year. I mean, he missed so much time with an injury. You have three defensive pairings that all have a player that could play defense and one that could transition. Biggest thing the Islanders' offense struggled with last year was that they got rid of Letty on defense, and he had his flaws. He moved the puck. Pulak was out. Before Dobson burst on, they had nobody to transition, and that impacted the offense. Now, the offense missed. So many chances that were created, and that ha- can't be the case if the Islanders want to compete this upcoming year. But it does matter having puck-moving defensemen. It matters a lot, especially when your offense isn't elite. The speed's not there. Yes, you have Barzal, Bavillier speed-wise. But more of your thing is getting into the offensive zone, cycling, getting the puck in front, having lead deflect, having Nelson take shots from the high slot. Wallstrom's going to be huge this year, especially with Trotz gone. He took a lot of stuff from Trotz, which Trotz had a way of going about young players, and we'll see what Lambert does. But Wallstrom's just as – him turning it up is just as big of a piece as finding someone to play with Barzal because, I mean, Wallstrom's getting – these guys are getting clean slates. You got, Wallstrom is a legitimate sniper in this league, and now would be the time for the Islanders to find it because they didn't acquire a sniper, whether it's through trade and free agency. And again, there's time left. But your top-fledged free agents are off the board. And we could go to Kaji real quick before we, we go back to the Rangers here, which we didn't start, but we'll get to them. I wrote an article that I didn't think Kaji signing w- – made sense for others. Great fit as in terms of his grittiness. His, his wanting to win. Lamarillo knows him from his days in Toronto. Apparently they have a great relationship. He's a center. You get him, someone's moving to the wing. Well, all here on Twitter, and this is all in quotes, just move Barzal to the wing. Just move Nelson. First off, Nelson's coming off a career year. I, don't touch him. He's your number one center. I don't care if you acquire Kadri. Nelson's your number one center. Unless Barzal... You could flip-flop. It doesn't matter. Oh, we'll just move Barzal to the wing. He plays in the wings. I'm not a forward. You're a defenseman. I'm a goalie. I, it's very hard to speak on. It's a different game. It's like moving a short. Again, going back to the baseball analogy. It's like moving a second baseman to shortstop. Yes, you have to still do a job. Your angles are different. I mean, you're a center. You're a quarter. You play in the middle of the ice. I know Barzal likes to play to the wing and take the puck. You want a winger that's going to shoot the puck. I'm sorry. Barzal doesn't shoot the puck enough to be a winger. Like, he's not going to. If you play him with Kadri. They could still produce, and they, you know, Kadri could take the face-offs, even though, again, I want to argue something. Barzal, I think, was at 46% in the face-off dot this past year. Not good. Kadri wasn't a wizard. He was at 49. Like, it wasn't like, because, again, Barzal does not take the majority of face-offs. You see Lee take him. You see Parise in the offensive zone, because Barzal is not amazing at it. Kadri's not a upgrade in the face-off spot, so let's let's stop with that crap, because that's not, that's not true. It'd be one thing if he was over 50%. 
Oh, so three years, uh, three years prior, he was over 52, then 55, 56. So it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. I'm just saying, like, we're not just going to throw Barzal the wing because Kaji's a a ridiculous face-off guy. He's an upgrade, but again, can Barzal play the wing? Is he going to shoot enough to play on the wing? Or is he going to get the puck from Kadri and then cut to the middle? That's Again, that's pointless to me. I think I love Kadri, but also, too, Kadri's coming off a career year at age, what, 31? Yep. He wants a long-term deal. This Islanders' core is already older. I'm not saying that they shouldn't go after it. I just think just because he's the, ne- the next best free agent available doesn't make him the right free agent to go after. That's just my opinion. I think, I mean, Lamarillo said it from the trade deadline and talking to him after the draft. He's going to get this team better through hockey trades, not free agency. And again, the Islanders don't have a lot of top prospects. There are a lot of pieces they could give up. He's going to go and try to get that diamond in the rough. I have an article coming out tomorrow. I'll put it here. Um, you talk about the guys in Edmonton. Edmonton's trying to get rid of uh, their winger, Pujarvi. Pujarvi, how do you pronounce it? 24-year-old. Jesse Pujarvi. Pujarvi. I'm so bad with names, man. I just, Jesse, we'll just call him Jesse, Jesse P. Like we called Pavel Francouz, Francouz, whatever. Pavel. We just call it how it is. No, this is a guy who's 24 years old, who's never he, str- solid defensively. He's never been that score that Edmonton needed. And again, when you have McDavid, Dreisaitl, they have to move cap space as well. Could he be a legitimate great fit as a top six? I don't know. I don't think it's going to be worth a lot to get him. And he, he can would light, be. He can light it up. No, no. I'm saying, though, he'll be a top six in the Islanders. I'm saying, can he play like a top six? Well, I don't think there's ever an Islanders forward that's lighting anything up. But not, <laughs> not with the way that they play, unfortunately. Um, but well, we don't know what Lambert's going to do. That's the biggest question: is can is he going to run? It's not going to be that different. Be... They don't have the players for it. Well, that I think it'll be a, a little looser. But again, and I said this numerous times, and I, I truly believe this: defense is your strength. Again, when everyone was saying, "Well, we got to add a forward, we got to add a forward," and they added Romanov at the draft, it's like defense is your strength. Keep it as your strength. If defense is your strength, and you said, "Okay, let's go," let's say they went and got JT Miller, and you didn't shore up your defense. So now you have Pelic, Pulak, Dobson, question mark, Mayfield, question mark. Your defense is now no longer a strength. And your offense got better. That's fine. But again, your whole system is built on defensive goaltending. Gold or goaltending defense. You work your way up. You have two legitimate goaltenders. Sorokin, if he, he could take that next step and be legitimately what Shesterkin was this past year, he might have to be. You got to keep your defensive strength. That's why the Romana move is so crucial because not only did you get a defenseman that's NHL ready now, and you traded your pick. Your 13th pick, which you don't know what that would have become, and probably a couple years away. And the Islanders don't have that time, let's be real. Yep. Two to three years, they can be... I mean, it depends if they keep bars off, Pavile steps up, your, your Bellows, Wallstrom, who knows. But your defense is now younger. And that's huge, because that is your bread and butter, is your defensive goaltending. Sorokin, I think, is turning 27 this year. Um, your defense is much younger than it was. Again, no green or Chara. And yes, you have to add to your forward group, but Keeping your defense strength is so important, especially after how much your defense struggled early. And again, you had Pulak injury. I think the Islanders did a smart move of the draft, not going and getting a forward. I think defense was big, but now you gotta you gotta get somebody. You can't run this unless you. I mean, Lamarillo said he tr- believes in this core group. He's I mean, an idiot. He had, well, he has no choice to say that because he locked up everybody long term. So if he said he didn't uh, agree in the well, group, that's, that's like we've you've talked this whole time about what the Islanders need to do, and rightfully so. 
it, he's been a terrible general manager. I know he has this allure of what he used to do and he's a great hockey mind and all that stuff, but the only thing he's done well since he came to the Islanders is be quiet and not talk to anybody. Well, the biggest thing, and again, I'm going to... Like, he's been... I, I, and hasn't added a single piece. I'm going to plead the fifth on the Lou Emerald uh, trashing. I'm just obviously for... Reasons. You don't have to. I'll say because I have no affiliation. He's been an awful general manager. The best thing that Lou Emerald did was hire Trotz and Trotz and then he fired him. And again, there there are certain like he offered a lot of Panarin. Panarin didn't come in. You can't really blame him. Uh you let's, can. That's well, his the, job. No, but if Panarin was dead set on going to New York City, there was nothing he offered him he offered him more money. There's nothing you could do at that point. I don't blame him for Panarin. What I do is that, you know, re signing Matt Martin. I Matt Martin, great fantastic human being. The way that he plays in that fourth line plays it is very hard to keep up that kind of play for a long time. You, it is a, it, you, they were the best, him, Zekas, and Clutterbuck for a couple of years was the best fourth line in hockey. Not because they played the fourth line role in perfection. It's because they added offense. So Zekas had like a 20 goal. Like they were, they played against the best of the best on the other team. They would shut them down and they would come through in big moments and they had the big hits. They were the identity. Clutterbuck hurt last year. A couple of years ago, Zekas had a, um, Clutterbuck was hurt again with a skate cut. Zekas skate cut. Or, you know, they had so many injuries, and it just wears and tears. And Matt Martin, coming off an ankle injury last summer, wasn't ready for start the opening night. He was in and out of the lineup this year with Ross Johnson. This is a fourth line that's injured, and you have Zekas under contract for a while. You just re-signed Clutterbuck to an extension. Martin, you signed Palmieri. Again, nobody expected Palmieri to be as slow out of the, re- out of the um, gate as he was. You signed Anders Lee to a 7x7. Seven seven. He played well last year, but he came off a year when he had a 20 ACL and missed time. You know, there, there are a lot of contracts that Lamarillo made that he has to live with now. Whether they, like Pajot. Unfortunately, Pajot had an injury to his hand last last um, postseason and did it have lingering effects? I think it did. You know, Pajot wasn't the Pajot we saw when he first came here, and he signed him to an extension upon acquiring him. I, I mean, there, there are things that Lamarillo has done, these contracts that he's signed that he's got to live with. But it, again, that could all be erased. If the Islanders have a good season, if they sign Barzal long-term, he said he wants to be here. If that's the case, you know, lessons learned. Lamarillo wasn't here when Tavares left. But if Barzal wants to be an Islander long-term, don't take his word for it. Sign him. Again, I'm not saying you have to sign him to a long-term deal right now, but have talks with him during the year. If he is not going to stay, and you know very well he is not going to stay, Move him at the deadline you, or move him at the draft. You have to move him. You can't – again, I don't think Lamarillo is going to lose him for nothing. I think Barzal is going to be transparent. But I'm seeing all these articles like Kachuk gone, Goudreau gone. Could Barzal be another star leaving? I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's like that, and I think Barzal wants to be here. But you have to show Barzal that you're going to give him support. Because if you're not going to give him support, why is, he, why is anyone staying? They're an aging court. If you give Barzal a star, it doesn't – see, that's the thing. If Goudreau came to the island, one first thing, I'm not playing with Barzal. They're too similar of players. Make the offense more dynamic and play them on separate lines. You don't need Barzal with Goudreau. Is just Barzal a little bit. I mean, obviously, Goudreau is a better all-around player than Barzal. They're too similar. Separate them. That's fine. Just because you get a superstar does not mean he'll fit with Barzal. You need to find a player. Doesn't have to be a superstar. Find a player that well, plays if, well. If no one fits with Barzal, maybe they should just trade Barzal. Well, that's the thing I was thinking about too. Is if the Islanders were really going after Kadri, and could they get could they have Kadri locked up already? I know for a fact he has not been signed, but verbal agreements is something the Lou loves to do. Could Kadri already be an Islander? It's very possible, very possible. 
Um, if they were to, I, I wrote an article that it would take Barzal to get Kachuk. Everyone's like, no, that's too much. They're not going to, you're, you're thinking that they're going to get more than they got. I'm sorry. Huberto is better than Barzal. They just got Huberto, Uyghur, a first and a top prospect. Barzal was 100%, I, in my opinion, going the other way. If, and I'm not saying the Islanders would agree to it. I'm, the Islanders probably wouldn't have because Barzal is that team. He's the Islanders right now. I wouldn't have made that move on the Islanders. That would have been way too much. And again, you're an aging core trying to win now. You would have lost your prospect pool, which is slim already. That This trade for Kachuk would have been, it never would have happened, but it would have been catastrophic for the future. It would have been like, okay, you're winning now or you're not, and you're rebuilding. And Kachuk wouldn't have signed long-term. It wasn't happening. But if the Islanders wanted Kachuk and you were trading Barzal, you could have had Kachuk, Kadri, X, whatever you wanted to do. That's different. That you trade Barzal if that was your if you had Kadri locked up already, you could trade Barzal because Kadri be your number one and you could go and get that winger. Again, not saying it would have happened, but if you're not gonna help Barzal out, yes, you have to move him. Like you don't have a choice. You gotta move him. He's he's twenty four, turning twenty five. Like this is the time. I, I mean, guess. he's he's from the Vancouver area, right? Yeah. Vancouver's about to lose JT Miller probably in the off season. Same offseason that he's a free agent. Like he he played um <laughs> he played his his junior league with Seattle, Seattle yeah. Thunderbirds. Just for your sanity and Islanders fan sanity, I don't want to see another you know the face of the franchise leave for his hometown team without getting anything in return. But but no, no I yeah I don't think that's I, I think the Islanders have learned that that's not going to happen again. Obviously, Islander fans would be destroyed if they moved Barzal. Now it helps if you got something back, but Barzal is not coming off a great year. The difference, though, between him and Tavares is that he's, what, going to be 25 or is 25? So you have his whole career in front of him. Like, no. that's the player that if you are like, this is our guy, you should be throwing the bag at him right now. Like, there's no need to even wait and give well, him the Well, see, I don't wait. Be- Again, I'm not saying like, they get Barzal for cheap. It's going to cost them. But if Bar- if they sign Barzal now, long term, and now Barzal has an 82-point campaign, yeah. Or a 90-point camp. I don't know how that would even be possible with the players they have. Let's say he did. Now you waited. Now he had a career year. Or whatever he does. Now he has a fantastic year. Now you have to pay him more. So if you really believe that Barzal is your guy, again, though, if I'm Barzal's camp, you got to show me something before I sign. You have to. You have to show me you're going to go and get someone to help me or someone on the team already he has a perfect fit with. Let's say Wallstrom gets a chance again with Barzal this year. And they just light it up. That's enough for me. If I'm Barzal's can't be like, all right, Wallstrom is very young. It worked. It's going to work great. Trotz is gone. The system's a little looser. We're going to score. Fine. doesn't have to be a superstar coming in. just have to find someone to play with him because Barzal could go anywhere else in an offensive-based system and light it up. And again, his family, the Vancouver area, going out west. Again, he said he wants to be an Islander. That's the case. Make Give him a reason to stay here long-term. It's a two-way street. He can want to be here all he wants, but I don't... Again, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't blame Tavares for going home. I don't. I mean, I don't blame. I don't blame athletes. They could do what they got to do. If I had a chance to go play for my hometown team, I'm doing that. I, I'm doing it a little differently. I'm handling it a little differently. It's hard to think that Tavares didn't know that t- uh, Toronto was going to offer him a deal. He obviously knew that was going to happen. He knew that they were. He's probably talking to people on Toronto, like, hey, or whatever. They. If I was Toronto, I reached out to him really early on. And, you know, don't break the rules. Can't do that. Yep. But. I don't know. I think it's very – the Islanders can have a year like they just had just solely for the fact they're not built for an 82-game campaign and they didn't upgrade. You look at every other team in the Metro and they made moves. Kind of tough when you haven't. But, again, the offseason is not even close to being over. 
again, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Be signed, it could be really possible. And Matt Barzal is a player that they're going to have to work on locking up, or like we've talked about, figuring out another alternative for him. But when you switch sides, something that the Rangers have done and are going to have to continue to do is try and decipher whether their young talent is going to follow that path of Matthew Barzal. Are they going to want to keep him long term, or are they going to have to move some of their younger talent? And I think the focal point of that starts with Capo Caco, right? Caco was the second overall pick. I don't think he's done anything to warrant a long-term deal. He's still unsigned. Uh, they're going to give him a bridge deal similar to that of Edel, right? Probably two by two, two by two and a half. Two by two and a half seems a little steep for me considering he hasn't really produced anything. I do think that he has the makings of a player that you're like, okay, we can take him and we can build around him and put him into the top six. And like, <laughs> like Lafreniere, Kako, Edel, none of them have gotten that top six consistent minute yet, right? Lafreniere probably has the most. Kako started with Panarin, started with Strom on that second line, had a six-game run where he was like, okay, this is what Kapo Kako should be. Fell out of favor a little bit. Next thing you know, he's back playing in the bottom six on that third line, and this is the first year that he's going to have the ability to play consistently in the top six. We believe there is a chance, and Larry Brooks put an article out in the New York Post, that they keep the kids' line together and make them the third line, which would mean that the third line is the kids' line and the top two lines feature Sammy Blay or even Dryden Hunt on the wings. That makes no sense to me, especially <laughs> building around this team. Makes no sense. I, I would just throw up if I saw that coming out. But Kako has to do something this year. This is I know he's still young. I think he's still 22 it doesn't matter anymore. It, it, he has to produce, right? Jack Hughes in his year uh, was the number one. He's producing now. Even though he's battled injuries, he still has more points with injury-riddled seasons than Kako has. I, I mean, I, I think that Ryan Reeves might even be totaling the same amount of points that Capo Kako has totaled over the that's, last couple of seasons. That's a problem. That is a it's problem. A little exaggeration, but Obviously. it was pretty close. Um, Kako hasn't done much, but people – Love him because analytically he has that puck possession. He, he has been great defensively. I'll give him that. And especially after the first year, the jump he took. But I think analytically, as good as those numbers are, a lot of that is because he does hold the puck a lot in the corner. So his possession numbers go up yeah. when he was when he's at his best. Right. And what I want to see more of him besides shooting the puck in the obvious there when he works behind the net, he is dominant. Uh, if you look at the Pittsburgh series, he fed Lafreniere when they tied it up at two. Yeah. And I think it was game five. That's Capo Caco at his finest. When he gets to the behind the net, in front of the net, that's where he has to dominate. Right? He's not the player that's going to be 
you know, talented around the perimeter. He could hold the puck, but he can't create from there. This is not junior hockey anymore. He got to get to those, the little house area and he's Gretzky thrive behind the net, right? That's where Kako's office has to be. And I think for him, he's got to establish that more so. And if he can play alongside a Panarin where Panarin's going to be on the wing, that would help him get towards the net and become the dominant player that we expect him to be. And even though I sound harsh right now on him, I'm not rooting against the kid. I want him to thrive because for the Rangers to have success this year with the moves they made, which we'll talk about in a second, Kako has to be that piece. Yeah, I mean, we go back to that draft, and the biggest thing was Kako's coming from overseas, playing against men, more physically mature. And Jack Hughes was obviously Jack Hughes' U.S. development and um, just wasn't physically mature. And he was also playing against younger guys, and it was okay. Kako is more NHL-ready, and then Jack Hughes gained weight. And now Jack, he's the legitimate superstar. Yeah. And that's why I thought like Goudreau with Hughes would be legit. Kachuk with Hughes. Would, I mean, that's Hughes is the real deal. And I've never seen a guy throw a stick into the crowd after an overtime winner. That better be an NHL 2023. I'm just throwing that out there. That's got to <laughs> that's gotta be a start. Hammer L1 and R1. Well, the speaking, about, speaking about NHL 2023, NRD had an NRD bomb the other day that it's going to be um, Zegras on the cover. No, no playoff wins for Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, they're in trouble. They're keeping Gibson. He never wanted to leave. But besides that, back to the Rangers. No, Kako's got you. Get, we're in a league now where it's. It used to be like you know, yeah, the East was speed and skill, the West was gritty, physical. But we're now in a league where it's speed and skill all the way. First off, you can't get hit if you're if you can't get caught. That's pretty much how you look at it. If you have the speed and skill to get around teams, yes, in the postseason it's a different. It's a different sport in the postseason. It's completely different. Let's look at the Islanders. They made it far because they didn't need the speed and the skill. They needed the defense, lockdown, gritty, wear you down kind of play. Some teams still do that during the full year, but it is tougher nowadays to do that because, you again, you're going against fast teams. It's hard to keep up with them. It's hard to hit them. And if you're hitting them all the time, it probably means you don't have the puck on your stick. But this guy, Kako, he's got the tools. He just, again, you need your young guys to come through, especially the Rangers where, what are they, like the third or fourth youngest team in the NHL right now? I think it moved up a little bit because they're all getting older, but their decor is the second youngest. Forward group's a little bit older now that they've signed a couple more people. But it, it, it's time, right? They need him. Again, to a young guy league. You need your young – there's no more letting them, you know, a couple of years watching the veterans play and getting used to the sport. No, you are 23, 24. You're expected to be that guy, and especially when you're a number two overall pick. you got to be that year. guy. Again, draft capital is huge nowadays, whether you're trading picks or not. Like, Yonder's trading the 13th. That's not a number two. If they were in the top five in picks, unless they were getting a superstar back or in a package or whatever, that's fine. But you're number one, let's say number one to three in the draft. You're expected to be ready ready to go. Yeah. Now, it's not the same for everybody. Obviously, players mature and get ready at different paces. Some players never pan out. Neil Yakupov, number one overall pick. His coolest thing he ever did was celebrating his knees spinning in a circle for five minutes. Dope seller, In overtime. That was, dope dope seller. seller. And that was it. That's the best thing he ever did at the NHL level. Yeah. So... I, I, it's it stinks man because like i'm rooting for him i I just don't see any glimpses like you see glimpses from lafreniere right you see glimpses from edel you a lot of them in the postseason goal he scored during the regular season before he got hurt Mm -hmm. though who is it against where he just went around everyone and they made the goalie look silly which one lafreniere no no no. edel cut to the middle edel does it all the time yeah filthy I mean, he scored one of the grossest goals against Pittsburgh. I don't know. I think it was lockout short in season or COVID short in season, not lockout. But he's got that ability. And so does Kako. Kako scored beautiful goals. I mentioned the, the Pittsburgh setup. That, that's what he has to do. Um, but 
the Rangers needed, especially this year. When you look at their offseason, right, it, people are going to give it a lower grade because they didn't really retain much, but they're not looking to retain. They're looking for these kids to take that step. So their one big move was Trocek signing seven years, 5.625 million per year. It's a long contract, a lot of it's money for a center, but it is an upgrade in my opinion. Uh, I think he's much better on faceoffs. I think he's a better two-way forward. He's faster. Plays on the penalty kill. Strong. Yeah, so, I, I mean, they're going to have to figure out their penalty kill, especially if Mott doesn't come back. But it is something that I think they upgraded at their 2C. And after uh, year three, his no-movement clause turns to a moderate no-trade. So they will be able to move that contract in the future. He honestly, also, he, reminds me of a, he reminds me of a Torella kind of player. Well, he played with Gallant in Florida. So they have that connection, and he is. He's that gritty forward. He takes a lot of penalties, so that's something that Gallant's probably going to be like, you got to keep this on the lower side. But well, for... Goudreau, did Goudreau? Goudreau's still there. Yeah, Goudreau's still here. Remember when we went to the preseason game and Goudreau got ejected in the first five minutes? I know. I was so excited to see him play <laughs> the first preseason that game. Was, he gets tossed. That was great. That was that was a rough uh, rough game for, for me to be in. Anyway, that. continue. But, yeah, they also added Ryan Carpenter, 750K for one year, a solid fourth line center. He'll play on the penalty kill. He's responsible. He could win faceoffs as well. Was, was he on Jersey before Chicago? I think he was. Right? Uh, he might have been. I know last year he spent 59 games with Chicago before going to Calgary. So yeah. I'm not sure. I didn't Keep look talking, past I'll that. Look it up. I kind of, <laughs> I remember like the dumbest. Like Michael Ryder was a devil. Michael Ryder was a devil. Yes, and he was. Canadian. And let's see. Nope, Ryan Carpenter played for San Jose, Vegas, and then Chicago. He was at there Chicago was... for two years, three years. Yeah, he he yeah. was in Chicago for a little bit. Um, then yeah, uh, there was I'm trying to think. There was somebody now that you mentioned it that played for the Devils. He was a tougher guy. Like, he was a, he was a fighter, a oh, scrapper. No, Miles Wood's still there. The, the Devils definitely traded someone. Devils definitely traded someone to Chicago. Hold Devils trade to Chicago. Let's see. Uh, let's say what is it 20 it's gotta be a couple years ago there's some depth some depth forward i don't know we'll figure it out it's not not yeah, a well. who cares about <laughs> chicago it's a joke we'll get to the bottom of it but yes i i mean they, they needed that depth especially since they're they're losing people and their departures ryan strom frank Petrano go to anaheim andrew cop goes to detroit so you lost a lot of depth there especially up front your give was traded to Colorado, so they're they're going to need somebody. That, I think Tyler that makes Mott, no sense to me, but Colorado's taking a big gamble there. But I just, yeah, that I, I don't know. That's just it's a move that doesn't make sense. Again, you're playing behind the Chicago team. Up much, John Hayden, John Hayden. Oh, Devils acquired Hayden from Blackhawks. That's who I was thinking of. John Hayden uh, in June 22nd of 2019 for John Quenneville. Who went to Chicago? That's uh, what I was Ryan of. Ryan Carter. No. Ryan Carter was the Devils forward. He was part of that the three the line brawl against the Rangers. Didn't Carter go to goal. Minnesota? And now he works yeah. in Minnesota. Ryan Carter. That that's who I was thinking of. Oh uh, yeah, that's Carter. not who. I, anyway, but yeah, Anna, uh, Avalanche are taking a major gamble that Georgiev's that guy, and I mean I don't think he's that guy, but what do I know? Oh, well, we'll see. I mean, they they have. Turned everything into gold that they've touched recently. So I don't think the Raiders out. upgraded in gold by getting Halak. Now, now I will say Halak's don't look at Halak's stats because last year he got like zero goal support. Like he he didn't He's get support fine at for all. A year. The problem with him is he gives up those 
oh no, no way he gave that up all the time. Like the goals that he does give up are like, like he have all those games where he's lights out, but that one goal that goes in is just brutal. He's got to give him 15 games. Yeah, that's I mean, all he's got to give him. So Sturkin's gonna be like Vasilevsky; they're playing sixty games. <laughs> like, just... listen, you you talk about Halak giving up the goals. You go, that's brutal. Uh, Georgiev was letting in passes from the blue line going at certain points. Oh, so I remember Rangers Halak, fans are Halak very gave accustomed. up a goal from the red line or blue line one year, and it's like against the against the Flyers, no less, a couple years ago when he was yeah. Islander goalie. He did. Just... Did he used to dominate the Rangers, Halak? Oh. Always, even so that's last why they year. they were like we're not having this happen again, and yeah, yeah they they... put him behind him. And listen, learning from a veteran can only help Shesterkin. Oh, of long course, ball. so of I, not I like Halak is move. gonna. And he's cheap. It's one point five million one year paves the way for Dylan Garand and those guys to make the jump in two yeah. years, and we'll see where they go. So I, I'm not necessarily worried about goaltending because whenever you have Shesterkin back there, it's you're fine, but. I think one of the bigger moves was they traded Patrick Nemeth in a second-round pick, got rid of his contract to Arizona, actually got back a defensive prospect in Ty Emerson, who played alongside Keandre Miller at the University of Wisconsin, which is a little cool tidbit there for Miller. Maybe his buddy can eventually find his way up, but the Rangers' decor is young and loaded, so probably not going to find his way up to the big club there. But, you know, like we talked about, a lot of departures – not a lot of additions, so the bulk of the responsibility is now going to fall on Lafreniere being a number one pick, Kako being a number two pick, Edel being a first rounder, and Vitaly Kratov coming over from Russia finally. What can oh, he, he bring to, on that? Is he ready line? to put his big boy pants on and deal with like how the NHL works? Because listen, I, when I look at their lineup and how I would project it, right, it would be Kreider, Zabanajad, Lafreniere on his, on the right wing. Then yeah. it would be Panarin, it would be Trocheck, and it would be Kako on the right okay. wing. Then you would have Blay, Edel, and Kratzov, which I think Blay looked good when he before he got injured. And yeah, that people was unfortunate. Are, people unfairly judge that never trade. Did the Rangers lose the trade? Absolutely, hundred percent. That's not in question. But to say that it was as lop, you don't even know what Blay would have done full season. But it's it's different though. Bucinevich was the scorer. The Rangers didn't need that. They need the gritty forward because that's what their problem was in the posting. They were too they were too weak. Like they weren't tough enough. And Sammy Blay's a player that could hit and could do pretty much everything. It wasn't like a Yes, you give up a legitimate goal score, but you didn't need the legitimate goal score. You have the goal scorers. You have to trust that those guys, you know, score. That's it. Yeah, you gave eleven and a half million to one, so you're going to have some cap casualties there. But when when you look at that third line, Blay's going to forecheck. Like he yeah. can he can dominate a forecheck. Edel then creates those scoring chances because his shot is unreal. We saw it in the postseason. And then Kratzov is a front of the net presence too. So that's a, there are some big boys on that line, and they can all score. And and I like that third line. And then the fourth line, you have Carpenter. And you could put Hunt there. You could put Reeves there. You could mix around a couple of things. You have Goudreau on one of those wings definitely as well. So, you know, Goudreau and Carpenter are probably the two locks. And then Reeves and Hunt rotate that third spot. But that's still a deep team. And what makes that deep is if the Rangers' young kids can can play. So when you look at it and what you talked about with Barzal, how the Islanders have their piece, right? The Rangers don't need Kako or Lafreniere or Edel even to become a Barzal type of player. What they need is one of them to become those scorers and point producers that could play alongside the already star players that they have. Zibanejad was dominant in the playoffs. I mean, not enough people talk about how good he was because of what McDavid was doing, but he was, well, he was dominant, which is even more impressive for Zibanejad is he was nothing early on in the playoffs and then just took off. Yep. Which is all you got. Again, the playoffs, you don't, it's not about one player stepping up. You got to have different players step up and it doesn't, the timing is everything. Obviously, this like stats. It's so funny in sports. We pay so much attention to stats. 
But like if a player doesn't do anything in their first 10 games, let's say they don't do anything in their first 80 games, but the the team needs a goal scorer in a big moment to get to the playoffs and they score that one goal. Or like even in the postseason, like this player does nothing, but in the Stanley Cup finals, game seven in overtime, they score like stats we love. We everyone gets sewn up on stats, and I get it. You have to judge a player with, you know, arbitration, whatever. Stats are crazy. They're awesome to follow. But like, it's really about what you do now. Like in every moment's a new moment to do something. It doesn't matter if you're not a big scorer and you score a huge goal. No one gave a crap you had three goals in eighty two games in the regular season. You scored one big goal in a Stanley Cup final. Like that's all that matters. That's all that matters. You come through in a in a in a, in a seat one series to get your team to the next round and do nothing after that. It doesn't matter. Like it's about what you do to help that team in that moment. Who cares what you did? I know. I don't know if players pay so much attention to stats. They're focused on the next game. But like it's very funny in every sport. I mean, baseball is run on statistics because that's just a statistical analytical sport. There. Like if you're going, if you are zero for your last forty five at bats, but your one next swing is a walk off home run. Who cares? You were over forty-five. You just got your team a win. I, I just, I think it's fascinating how much analytics and and all that kind of detail playing to sports when really it's just about all right. What are you going to do for me right now? That's all that matters. Yeah. Every this shift, what are you going to do on this shift? It doesn't matter if you didn't do anything on the last shift. This shift, that's all that matters. Yeah, and it, it we do always do that. And the, it's crazy. the crazy part about the GMs and you know we'll we'll all judge them rashly based on what they have done and. They have to now weigh that versus weigh long haul versus weigh future, and they have to do the predictions. So that's why about, I never make rest. How about, con- like about contracts? You're paying the player. You're paying the player based on what they did, but not really that. You're basing like, all right, they did that. We're paying you because we expect you to do that again. Yeah. Like stat again, people think, oh, Mike Trout's the greatest player. Look at his stats. They got he got a contract because he did that well. It's like, yeah, he did that well, but you're you're not pay- you're paying him to do that for a long haul. It's crazy how everything works. Sports are fascinating. That's why we love them. But to finish it off, right, the Rangers' yeah. young kids have to make up for production. You have to make yes. up for production that was lost by Strom and Cobb and Vitrano, which Trocek should make up some of that as well. But odds are Chris Kreider's not scoring 52 goals again. So you're going to have to get some goals from somewhere else in that lineup. They're going to have to find a way to you know, capitalize. And I think, like you mentioned, finding somebody for um, from Barzal's wing, they have to find somebody who could be that other winger on Panarin's line. It's been a rotation. They've never had somebody solidified there. If you can get the center and wing combo, which they have already, and you can get a Kako to be solidified on that line and have legit top six, they've they've already scored. Like the Rangers can show, they've shown that they could score. Uh, and if these young kids can get that top six roll and jump with it, they're going to be better than they were last year. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's a perfect way to end the show. I just want to make one comment. We're not going to get too much into this lawsuit that's going in Hockey Canada. Obviously, we've got to be careful with all that kind of stuff. But to the victims of the 2003 lawsuit going on right now in 2018, like Hockey Canada and what's going on, even the hockey culture, we got to stop covering stuff up. Like this is absurd that this stuff is coming out now. I mean, 2018 was not that long ago, but 2003 was. And hopefully justice is served. I feel for the victims. just want to give a shout out to them. Like, Hockey Canada culture, hockey culture that's getting, you know, pegged as sexual assault doesn't matter. Everything that happened with Chicago, like there are people in this sport that do give a crap. And like, we hope that for the victim's case, things are dealt with. We don't care if these guys are not even in the NHL or they're superstars. Like you do things like this, your careers are done. Your life should be ruined. And we feel for the victims here. Yeah. We got to take away the ideology of preferential treatment for athletes celebrities that type of thing not just in hockey but every sport we see it across all sports and 
there was a while where we did think hockey was kind of immune to it and it was like more of a gentleman's game and that's being exposed especially over the course of the last 24 months so we have to make sure that there's no culture that's toxic in any sport and especially hockey and like you mentioned quiet isn't good right if, if you see something that you know in your gut's wrong you got to say something and speak up we all have that moral compass and we got to make sure we're all following it the back check is your one-stop shop for nhl news and all things rangers and islanders thanks for sticking with us for this edition of the back check follow the show on social media at back pod Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 